Hey, Miss Yoday, this is our podcast, and it's going to look completely different today. I'm not standing in front of a congregation teaching a sermon or preaching. Uh, I, I'm actually in my daughter's closet because this is the quietest place I could find uh, in my house. And I just have my Bible and some thoughts jotted down on my laptop. And in light of the events that have unfolded, unfolded in our city and country and globe this past week regarding the coronavirus, uh, I just wanted to first address um, where we're at as a church. Uh, we don't really know what next week will look like. Uh, it, it's very, very unlikely we will we will have service. Um, please just be uh, keeping um, informed with emails and social media and those things, and. I just want to encourage us in this moment that when stuff like this happens, something uh, is exciting to me, honestly, about the church getting uh, shooken up like this. Because um, the church is not canceled because church is not a Sunday event. I don't know. We know that. We talk about that. Um, but the church is a people to use their gifts. And we all know this, but this is just such a fresh reminder that we join Christ in fellowship with his people. Like sometimes in church history, um, the church is forced to remember this in a vibrant way, in a new way, that we have to be the church in a new way as we move into uncharted territory in the days ahead. So uh, I'm so flippant excited about how the church gets to be the church. And um, I'm hoping that when we come back to worship together, uh, we learn res- how resilient we are, and I hope we just have our Sunday gathering look completely different. I hope we're we're so much more robust, so much more like fully the church. I hope that this is a way that God is somehow um, destroying the church's entertainment and reminding us that we are the church, and we the church is the priesthood of all believers. Um, this is a time for us to to be that. So. Stay in tune um, with the days ahead. We are offering a prayer conference line. Uh, you saw that in an email from 1230 to 1.30, and we're available for anything you need. If you want to help, um, please reach out. We are looking for ways to and opportunities for us to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So uh, with that said, uh, I just wanted to share a few thoughts in our cross series, just really on a simple phrase from Jesus' mouth on the cross where he says, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And as a part of Lent, what Lent is, is God walking us through the wilderness to prepare us for the resurrection. And I just felt like God saying that this virus uh, and this season of the globe being on a mandated Sabbath and for a lot, for for this week especially. So please be gentle with yourself this week. Please be uh, gentle with those you love. Um, everyone's processing this differently and handling it differently and learning what it means to see their anxiety and 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 deal with it. And at the same time. Uh, let's commit our life to trust God the way Jesus trusted his father and on the cross, something so bleak and scary. And so I feel like this is a mandated uh, time of Lent for the globe. Uh, Lent is like this wilderness. So it's like this mandated wilderness for the entire world. 
that God is pulling us into to test us. Um, Romans 8 says that God works all things for the good of those he loves. So we know that somehow at this test, there's going to be gifts to be discovered at the end of the test that he is going to show us as his people. And, you know, in January, I started really following the story of the coronavirus in Wuhan, China. And I don't know, I felt really just compelled and by God to kind of just focus on the story. And I kind of got obsessed with it and following stories on Twitter and videos on Twitter. I didn't want to be an alarmist. Um, so I'd only tell a few people about the videos I was watching. Uh, but it reminds me of a story I shared last week of a friend who um, was was on an airplane and the engine went out. And if you were there, you heard this story. The engine went out, the plane dropped dramatically quick and everyone started freaking out. Half the people freaked out and half the people prayed. My friend said like half the people were praying out loud and half were screaming the F word. He was a, it wasn't a variety of words. It was just that one word. <laughs> and so uh, the plane caught back up, uh, the engine rebooted and there was this reboot and, uh, it was kind of like, Oh, now we know who, where everybody kind of (laughs) stands. And I think that we're kind of now all on that airplane. Uh, and so what I want to talk about today is interesting enough. We, something that I led our staff at Missio Day, uh, all the Missio Day congregations in a leadership conversation about what does it mean to be a leader in an anxious culture? Uh, I want to talk about with the, those you love that you're most close to right now and how to be a non-anxious presence in an anxious culture uh, briefly. And I, I kind of want to hit on a several things, but I want to talk about that first. That in this time of mandated Lent for our globe, this mandated time of being in the wilderness, um, we receive that non-anxious presence when we are in the presence of the Lord. And praise God that Jesus is the most non-anxious leader. I mean, and when you look through anxiety in times like this, you in an anxious culture, um, there it first is this time where people are just constantly reacting, completely just responding to everything they're seeing on social media. And Jesus, when he died on the cross, he wasn't reactive. Like that was his plan, God's plan from the beginning. Like God planned proactively to become flesh, uh, redeem the world through the cross, and, and he was doing no reactionary thing. I feel like in this time, um, what does it look like for you to be proactive? Uh, proactive to be in touch and in tune with yourself, be in tune with those you love and committing to loving them well, being proactive to reach out to those who need to be reached out to. Uh, proactive to how you can begin to help, um, proactive in just starting the day. Well, Missio Day, I, w- I would encourage all of us to start the day, not on our phones, not on our screens, but very first thing before we do anything in prayer and in scripture, before we turn on the news, before we turn on our phones, let's spend time with God in prayer and in scripture, even if it's for three minutes or five minutes or an hour. Um, let's commit to that, to be, an, this world in our city needs non-anxious leaders. We need people who can, our neighbors need non-anxious people around them to be able to see, wow, that's what it's like, peace with God in the midst of this time. Uh, another thing that happens in that reactivity is it then creates, often in anxious cultures, a herd mentality, a herd instinct, a herd and mob mentality. We're seeing this already with the toilet paper being gone. Uh, people are freaking out. They're hoarding. 
And uh, this is such a herd mentality. Uh, we're seeing herd mentalities where the idols in our country, the gap is becoming bigger and bigger. We're seeing politics, uh, the idols of our politics just fall, where the, the promises of these political uh, ideologies isn't really promising people what they, they felt like they were promising. And so uh, Jesus didn't give in to that herd mentality. Uh, he constantly pushed back against crowds that were longing for him to to uh, heal him at times, even though Jesus was always pro-healing. There was times he knew he had to be with the Father. At the same time when he was on the cross, there was mobs uh, shouting insults at him, and yet Jesus was completely silent. He didn't give in and respond to that kind of anxiety. Uh, he knew who he was and who he wasn't, and was silent and knew how to maintain that presence. And then, and then in time of anxiety, we just are blaming everyone. Um, we look at the external forces around us, and leads us to be this victim of our current circumstance. And we keep shifting that blame onto other people, um, rather than seeing that like we. Our choices, the way we handle our life, our habit, make up who we are. And so a lot of a lot of right now, I think, is um, you're starting to see people for who they are. You're starting to see uh, the fruit of what they've been cultivating for so much time is coming out. Uh, and that could be good or bad. Um, that could be in the character of Jesus or not. And so now's the time to cultivate the, the inner life. And to cultivate uh, taking responsibility for ourselves, Jesus didn't blame anyone, um, yet he had the right to blame everyone for the, his death. And yet he said, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And he ends up taking the blame for them. And then lastly, in a time of anxiety, um, quick fix mentality. I mean, we love pleasure so much. Um, if pain comes our way, uh, we always pick the thing that is faster and sooner and this is time to remind ourselves that, that pain is a part of our life. Uh, Jesus did nothing but a quick fix. He had three years of ministry, uh, 30, 30 years of preparing for that ministry. And he endured temptation, never once gave in. And so I just want to encourage you to be one, a, man, a non-anxious presence during this time of anxiety. We simply have no idea what the future will hold. Um, and this can be unnerving. But I believe this is going to bring out either the best or the worst in all of us, and we have the choice right in front of us. Um, and so uh, this is also is a time where this kind of non-anxious presence, we need this for our neighbors. Um, this is a time to be reaching out to your elderly neighbors, to uh, be listening to your friends. I mean, a lot of people are faced with existential examination, uh, and we're faced with self-examination to check the state of our souls and examine how we live without the usual supports that are there. I remember over my sabbatical, uh, I took a silent retreat, you know, no phone, completely quiet. And I was forced to encounter myself. I was forced to examine my motives and uh, forced to encounter God. And, and it was a time of, uh, it wasn't easy. It wasn't, it wasn't fun. Um, and this is a time where we uh, are faced with this time, but also other people. Um, so we have a great opportunity to be the church and um, listen to our friends who are facing these same existential kind of questions and examinations. And then uh, I think thirdly, I can't remember my points here, but um, I feel like this is a time for the church to reboot. 
uh, globally. Uh, that you know, no longer relying on services. Um, this is a this is a time of disruption for the church that I think is going to shake up Missio Day Lincoln Square for the good and church across the globe for the good. You know, Jesus. If Jesus spent eight hours a day every day for three years with the with his disciples, listen to this. If he did that eight eight hours every day for three years, he would have spent over eight thousand hours with them. And after all that time, they still had major gaps in their discipleship. And so one hour a week on Sunday is never going to change people for the long haul. We need a life that abides in Jesus, empowered by the Holy Spirit, with the support of others. And we're now, what's happening is those listening to this right now, like you're called to live into this reality the church is always supposed to be this priesthood of all believers and there's the invitation now for you to be the church where all we're all the church right now in different places some of you are listening to this in your house maybe with friends maybe alone uh, with loved ones um and this is kind of like the way the church first broke out in this upper room where the holy spirit fell upon this church in the moment of these households, the Holy Spirit fell on them and led them into mission. And we face a global challenge and we are being led into a mandated mission. Um, and, and so many of you are asking, how can I help? I feel healthy. Uh, we appreciate those emails and, um, you know, we're going to be getting a list of ways that we want to begin to get those to you. I'm um, already seeing people respond creatively with like, Hey, I'm going to start writing letters uh, Christine Engel and, and Lizzie Cohen were like, I'm going to write letters to people, you know, um, and, and, but there's ways you can help. There's checking in on elderly neighbors. There's people in our congregation that are sick, uh, that need things. There's people who just had babies in our congregation that need things. Um, people that need prayer. Uh, there's going to be opportunities now moving forward, probably for us to do some food and supply drop off in neutral locations. Um, it's probably going to start amping up in our, in our city, um, and so uh, this is a time of crisis of where we need to be restful so we can then be also moving out non-anxiously but serving wisely um, and, and, and being the church. And so what this means is, if we need, is we need to release and hand down the commission to you listening right now. So if you're a part of Missio Day, I just want to commission you to be the people of God. Uh, there's going to be, you know, there may be also increased levels of quarantine coming. So um, we're not completely sure what that's going to look like yet. But uh, pick up the phone, call people, write letters, reach out. If you think of someone, call them. <laughs> this is something we did in the 90s. We picked up the phone and, and just called people and talked. So um, we really encourage you to be the church in this time. And um, what's going to happen is, you know, there's going to be a time you know, months from now, we're going to look back, we're going to be shopping, we're going to be going to the movie theaters, we're going to be back to our normal lives, and we're going to look back on this time. And, and, and I, I hope we, we, we live into it well, uh, that we can say we didn't, we didn't waste it, we didn't encounter that time without any regret, uh, to just to, to pray about what does it mean to be the church. And then lastly, I just want to close with this, uh, that I do believe that God may be mandating the church into an opportunity for this revival. Um, like I just keep thinking, like, what if God is killing church as entertainment? I mean, that is a crazy thought. That God is. It, what if? What if we all cried out and got on our knees and asked God to be with us in this time?
Uh, one of the greatest temptations during this time is to is will be to binge mindlessly on content out of boredom. But this could be a real opportunity to grow in prayer, depth of scripture knowledge and reading and books. And so, you know, families, I know you're going to be parenting and teaching your kids. So get creative. Um, Ashley and I had to do this on our sabbatical of like giving each other turns of just having that time. But we want to encourage you to like give each other that time and, and press into that time to step up as believers into this, that. I believe that that God is really birthing this kind of opportunity for revival, not just spiritually, but also as the way we serve. I mean, this is, I, I just get this picture of this despairing difference between millennials and boomers. And now this is a time where they need each other. And this is a time where we in word and spirit can do so much more. And so, um, I know that I know that's going to take creativity and it's going to take coordination. Um, but I really think that God is calling this disruption to kind of birth the church into a new way of being. And it's really up to us. It's up to us listening to this right now to say, what is that going to look like? What am I going to do? What action steps am I going to take? Um, and, and how am I going to respond? Um, how am I going to be a non-anxious presence in the world? How am I going to receive this mandated Sabbath this week and truly rest and be with Jesus and pray and, and dive in deeper. How am I going to see revival birthing in my heart? And how's God going to break me from the false idols I've been depending on? And so I'm praying that when we come back, I hope we learn resilience. I hope we see things so much differently and that um, in this week we can say the same words of Jesus when he was on the cross, into your hands, Father, I commit my spirit. I commit my spirit to you. Um, just pray with me right now as we close. God, we, we commit our spirit to you. We commit our whole life to you. We trust you. We are your people, and we know that our refuge is in you. And so, God, we don't have to live in fear. Um, we know that we can see our anxiety and name it for what it is. Um, we know it comes out in many ways. But God, we, we don't function out of that place of fear, but yet we, we see that you meet us in it so that we can rise above it and live uh, the Christian life here and now. And so God, I pray for everyone listening that you give them a fresh sense of power this week, a fresh sense of your love and gentleness so that we can uh, be people that are not a non-anxious presence in this world. And God, birth revival. We're just asking that your Holy Spirit is here right now as we talk. You are doing work in homes. You are doing work in, in, in kids right now. You are doing work in, in workplaces, in the hospitals. So God, I pray that you uh, just help us see right now how your Spirit is right now around us as I speak. And so if you feel comfortable right now, would you just um, place your palms, uh, hands up, uh, to God and just say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit right now. Would you come? Uh, God, Holy Spirit, would you come to those that are is feeling isolated right now? Come Holy Spirit to those fearful of their vulnerabilities. Uh, come Holy Spirit to those who are worried about their job, about the economy. 
Come to those who are asking, God, do something different in my life. I'm, I'm now, I, I need you. I need a change in my life. I need, this, this has shaken me. God, would you come to those people? Will you enter into their life? Come, Holy Spirit, to uh, the doctors and the nurses and the medical workers that are being mandated to turn into an emergency and crisis care. Uh, come, Holy Spirit, to all those that have hourly jobs that have to work or, or, or can't work. And, and come, Holy Spirit, to all of those that are, that are work, working as leaders in our country around the clock to try to slow the spread of this curse. God, we, we pray for a cure. We pray for a vaccine um, in your name. We pray that you would uh, protect those that are most vulnerable in our families right now. God, would you protect the elderly? Would you protect all of the, the boomers in our, in our world? Um, God, protect them with your love and your power. Um, so right now, um, wherever you are, I just want to encourage you to, to move into a time of prayer. Um, usually we have a time of ministry of the Holy Spirit, a time of ministering to one another and praying for one another. Uh, obviously we don't have that, but um, we want you to email your prayer needs to Lincoln Square at missiodaychicago.com. Uh, we want to be praying for you, uh, be in touch with with our staff, with with me or Nathan or uh, and our and our leaders. We want to uh, confidentially share those with our leadership team, and uh, we just want to pray for you. So if if that's there, or if you have someone with you right now, uh, would you move into a time of prayer uh, and pray together? And then lastly, uh, you can pause this <laughs> as you need. Um, but lastly, you can press pause here too to get the elements of communion in your house. But uh, we want you to take communion right now in your home with those that are with you or if you're by yourself. Uh, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as you take the bread in your hands and the cup, Jesus is still holding the whole world in his hands. He's still holding the whole world in his hands. His blood brings new life, and it's still true. And so let's unite together around communion. Let's pause and remember what Jesus did for us. Let's pause together and unite around who Jesus is and worship him as the church. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, at this time, uh, I'd really encourage you to, uh, I couldn't figure out how to get the audio to, to play a song, but uh, I really felt led towards the song, None But Jesus. Uh, you could YouTube it and find it. There's a Hillsong version of it. Um, but yeah, None But Jesus would be a great closing response, a time of worship together, and maybe that will continue on to, to, to continue worshiping through some other music today. So um, we love you guys. Uh, we, we hope to keep in touch. Please keep in touch with us. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know how we can help you or if there's anything you want to do to help. And let's get creative in being the church in this season. Amen.